Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 252, dedicated to a man who, on July 27th, 1999, became the first skateboarder to land a 900. Mr. Tony Hawk. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about some problems and some recruiting infractions that happened while Jeremy Pruitt was the head football coach at the University of Tennessee. And we will also discuss the beauty of pickup basketball. But first, Notre Dame is determined to remain independent in football. And while doing so, they will ultimately leave money on the table. Imagine being so stubborn that you have the opportunity to make $100,000 per year, but all of a sudden you are determined to stay where you currently are, get a little bump in pay, and make $75,000 per year. Now to you, that's stupid. Why wouldn't I take the job that's making six figures that's also $25,000 more per year than the job that I would have if I remain stubborn? It's just very similar to the University of Notre Dame and how they view remaining an independent in college football. Notre Dame is seeking $75 million in the new TV rights deal, and they will remain an independent. Now, I don't care if they do or if they don't. I mean, eventually they'll probably, they'll probably go to the Big Ten, maybe the ACC, and just say, hey, this independent thing, we've done it as long as we can. It's best for us to go ahead and make the jump to a conference. So be it. Eventually that's going to happen. But their mindset right now is to remain where they are. And I am sitting here scratching my head and saying, what are you thinking? The Big Ten is probably going to have a TV rights deal where each school is going to make $100 million. Now, granted, Notre Dame is seeking the $75 million from their TV deal with NBC. That's football only. So maybe they'll get another $25 million from the ACC for basketball and the other sports. Probably not. That's probably not going to happen because I don't think the ESPN is going to divvy up some of that money with their TV rights deal with the ACC so each school in that conference will be able to get that amount of money. So Notre Dame is saying, we're going to stay stubborn. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing for all these years. Penn State jumped from the independent to a conference. Miami from an independent to a conference. Florida State from an independent to a conference. These are all about 30 years ago. We have seen schools like Nebraska change conferences. Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC, and I believe in 2025. You have USC and UCLA that are going to jump from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten in 2024. We have seen all these schools move around. We have seen prominent schools that are really successful, winning national championships, go from being an independent to a conference. And Notre Dame is saying, we know the history of the sport. We know the history of what we have done. We know what we want to be as a school. And we know that we don't want to change. And all of a sudden, we're willing to leave money on the table to stay where we are. Y'all, that's a little crazy to me. If I went to my mama and I said, Mom, I'm weighing my options between two jobs. I could have this job right here making $75,000 a year, and I could go to this other job, a little bit different, but they're making me going to give me $100,000 per year, 
both in the career that I want. Both of them will help me financially. Both of them will help me in what I want to do. Both of them are beneficial. But Notre Dame, and my mama will probably say, not Notre Dame, but my mama will probably say, boy, what you thinking? Have you lost your mind? What is going on through your thick skull? Go ahead. Take that money. You like that career. You want to be in that. It makes sense for you to do that. Go ahead and take that money. Boy, don't leave no money on the table. And if I'm talking to Notre Dame and if I'm trying to advise them in this venture, in this journey, I would say the same thing. Don't leave no money on the table. But it surely seems like they are willing to leave money on the table to stay where they currently are and to be that independent school, they have always been. At some point, something has to give, something has to change. And I firmly think before we know it, Notre Dame will realize leaving money on the table is not good for us. It's not good for anybody in our university. We can make more money. Go to the Big Ten. Go to the ACC. Go to the SEC if, if you want to. Don't really matter. Go right ahead. Jump to these conferences, take all the money, and be happy while doing it. Leaving money on the table, buddy, that's stupid. Especially in the situation when taking the money that you'll get by joining a conference makes a lot of sense for you and for the other schools in the conference that you will be joining. Let's go ahead and take a trip to the University of Tennessee, because my, 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 the NCAA is about to bring down the hammer because Jeremy Pruitt, while he was the head man, had football coach for the Volunteers. <laughs> that boy was making things rough and broke a lot of rules. So, I'm sure you've heard last year, on the podcast, we discussed it. If you're a newcomer, you may have heard also some rumblings about some things that happened at the University of Tennessee. They gave a new definition to the bag man in recruiting when they were put on front street on the Dan Patrick show in regards to them giving recruits McDonald's bags full of money on recruiting trips. We all laughed. We joked. said, oh, great, cool, whatever. Like, oh, okay, we get it. It happens. You go right ahead. Take the money. No one's ever going to know. But you're a national radio show, which is also on the Peacock. Everybody's going to know. It's going to hit the Bird app, the Twitter, and everybody's going to know. So maybe you heard about those things there. And I was sitting here, sitting here wondering, is the NCAA ever going to lay down the hammer on the University of Tennessee or at least announce some of the infractions that Tennessee had and committed while Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach. Oh, buddy. There was they, recently they came out <laughs> and put the University of Tennessee on front street. And I'm going to also discuss later on how this impacts other universities that are on the hot seat in regards to recruiting infractions at other schools, some football related, some basketball related. But the University of Tennessee had level one and violations via the recruiting. All of them happening over a two-year span while Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach at the University of Tennessee. Impermissible cash benefits and gifts, benefits worth $60,000 to recruits and families under Jeremy Pruitt. 
at least 12 members of Pruitt staff were involved in over 200 individual violations over this two-year span. So it's not just one, and that's not just two. It's not even if it got up to 50, that's bad. Buddy, 12 members of Pruitt staff and over 200 individual violations. Did y'all think y'all weren't going to get caught? Now, granted, to their defense, some people in the Southeastern Conference think they might be above the law. They might be somebody that could come out and do X, Y, or Z and be perfectly fine by doing so because it just means more. It just means more down in the South. And with it just meaning more, we can do whatever we want to because <laughs> they ain't coming after us. Baby, we run this thing. Baby, our schools in this conference have the most national championships in college as a collective conference in college football history. If you go with the AP poll and when they decided the national champion, if you go with the college football playoff, the current way a national champion is decided, or if you go with the BCS era from 98 until 2013, all of those years. The SEC has the most, as a unit, as a conference, the most representatives that have won, most trophies that have won the national championship in college football. University of Tennessee is one of those schools that has won the natty during that time period. It goes back from 19, I believe, 36 until now. So Tennessee might be saying, man, it just means more. It just means more. It does just be more in the South, but y'all ain't Alabama. Y'all ain't Georgia. Y'all aren't doing the things that some of these schools have been doing for quite a long time. Under Jeremy Pruitt, you would think that if you're going to cheat, you're going to be, you want to be successful. You're going to be a school that's going to make all the money. <laughs> Not just make all the money. <laughs> but win all the games. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, while the head football coach at the University of Tennessee, went 16 and 19. Now, I understand some of you might say, Jay, I don't know this whole lingo of the records. He had 16 wins and 19 losses. That's not good. That's not good at all. If I'm going to cheat, especially when I was in school, and I'm kind of telling myself here, but who really cares? When I was in school, your boy did cheat a little bit. I have no problem saying that. I was one that I didn't put the study in. I didn't put the work in outside of the classroom to prepare for some test. Your boy didn't like reading books either. But I do remember a time or two. I'm not going to call out the people's names that I was looking off of, and they knew what I was doing. They perfectly understood what Jay was doing at that time. But your boy did at times cheat on test. However, would I be happy with a 50% grade or a grade that's below 50% if I'm going to cheat and risk getting in trouble while doing so? Absolutely not. Would I cheat off of somebody that's not smart? Would I cheat and do things and follow somebody who is going to lead me in the wrong way? Absolutely not. But your boy, I'm just going to be up here and honest. We want to be honest with people that are hosts want to be honest. We want to just lay things out for you. Buddy, I, I am not someone that's going to be up here saying I did not cheat or time or two on a test while in school. But I also made sure. <laughs> I also made sure that when I did so, I got the grade. I got the I, I got a top tier grade because 
your boy was not trying to fail classes. Your boy wasn't trying to do that. And so when I think about all of that, when I think about Jeremy Pruitt, when I think about what he did at Tennessee, I am looking at him and saying, if you're going to cheat, at least go out on top. At least win a conference championship. At least bring back a natty. At least have the number one recruiting class in the country. At least do something to where you're showing that you are breaking the rules. You're you're being success, successful in something, not all things, but in something while doing so. But Jeremy Pruitt did not do that, y'all. 16 and 19, I ain't even got to go through what he did. You broke the rules. You knew you broke the rules over a two-year span, over 200 individual violations, and you had a losing record in your tenure at the school. That's that's embarrassing. That's, that's downright embarrassing. If I'm if I'm trying to instruct somebody on what to do while breaking rules, one rule I would say was: if you're going to do this, make sure you win. If you're going to do this, make sure you you don't embarrass yourself while doing so. That's exactly what happened. So I am reading an article right here from the Washington Post. I'm just going to go over a few things that Jeremy Pruitt and them did that came out in this report that the NCAA is coming down on them for. And you're going to find out <laughs> as I read some of this stuff, baby, this is quite embarrassing. On nine separate weekends from July to November 2020, about $12,100 in impermissible recruiting inducements and unofficial visit expenses were provided for six recruits and their families to come to not to the Knoxville area. One thing I will note about this time, this was during a recruiting dead period due to COVID-19. So nobody recruits whites could come on campus recruits or their families during this time period. So not only are you providing money, which you shouldn't provide, even though it's an unofficial visit, you're doing an unofficial visit and providing some financials for it. And it's during a recruiting dead period. So you're breaking so many rules right now. Let's keep going. Among the allegations on at least 31 occasions from January 2019 through March 2021, outside linebackers coach Shelton Felton, inside LB's coach Brian Near Demeyer, and recruiting staff member Bethany Gunn and Jeremy Pruitt's wife, Miss Casey Pruitt, provided about $16,300 in impermissible benefits to an individual in the form of cash, parking to attend home football games, and, and entertainment expenses to host a recruit's mother. So those are just a few things. I'm not going to go through the entire list. We'll be here all day, but you get the gist. The NCAA don't play with y'all. <laughs> y'all ain't Bama. Y'all ain't Georgia. Y'all ain't one of these schools that's bringing in all the money. Now, granted, Neyland Stadium, from everything that I have seen, it's on my bucket list of schools that I want to go to that's outside of my general area where I live. And it seems like it's a fun place to watch the football. It always has. I hope it always is that way. And so I do think that there are some things that are appealing about the University of Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, going to Knoxville to play the football. I think that. But y'all got to figure some stuff out. I'm glad Jeremy Pruitt's up out of town. Because this could have gotten a lot worse. This could have gotten a lot worse. And when thinking about how worse, how bad it could be and some other schools that are breaking some rules or have broken rules, the University of Kansas just pulled Bill Self off the recruiting trail because of some recruiting violations. And, well, 
they did one thing to continue. And if he's, he was still out there, it could impact him and the school. So they said, hey, Bill Self, come on back home. You ain't going to be out there. We got to protect you and our school, Arizona State. What's going to happen with Herm Edwards? They were a school that hosted students and athletes and recruits during their recruiting dead period, just like the University of Tennessee did. What's going to happen to them? I am sure at some point they're going to wonder, is it wise for us to keep Herm Edwards here as our head coach, knowing that the longer he is here, the NCAA is going to investigate a lot of the things he has done or is doing while the head football coach at Arizona State. Hey, I mean, I don't know, but if I'm them, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm getting a little nervous. Why? I don't know why I went to a Baptist preacher mode right there. But why? (laughs) I have not heard that in a long time. Simply because it could be bad for y'all, just like it is for the volunteers in at the University of Tennessee. Also, LSU, what way you got up, up out of town? I'm sure LSU is wondering not only for the basketball, but also for the football, because there were some for, uh, football things going on. Uh, a booster and a donor was uh, doing some things illegally that he knew he should not have done. Also, it came up that this stuff was going on in the early to mid-2000s as well. So it's not just recent stuff. LSU's been under fire, had some issues for quite a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Saban was a coach down there at LSU during that time period as well, early 2000s. So I can only imagine some things possibly. Not saying Saban has possibly have happened while Saban has been the head coach at the University of Alabama. If you're a Bama fan, um, just bear with me. Uh, Don't cut me off. Trust me, you'll quickly understand that at some point there will be some things that come out about Saban probably a few years after he retires, maybe five years after he retires. It's bound to come out that Saban was behind a lot of infractions that were made. Hey, guys, it's football season, man. It's talking season. NCAA, a lot of y'all don't like the NCAA. But your boy is in the mode right now that he likes the NC2A because the NC2A gives Jay easy things to talk about. And the boy is not going to complain when topics come across my feed, my timeline. I'm like, ooh, ah, that'll be fun to talk about. Y'all get to enjoy your boy going about mm, 10, maybe 15 minutes on topics such as this one. Jeremy Pruitt broke some rules. Jeremy Pruitt cheated. One thing that will always stick out to me about the situation, when you cheat, hopefully you cheat and you win, you're successful. Jerry Pruitt, he didn't win, wasn't successful, (laughs) and the NCAA is not happy because of the things that he did while at the University of Tennessee leading the volunteer football team. So I was recently thinking about what random topic could I bring to the table at the end of today's show? I think a little football, a little soccer, a little baseball. Like, what could your boy bring to the table for you to enjoy? That's not really a topic that you see on the ESPN or you see on the FS1 or you see on the Bird app. What could Jay do and bring to the table? And all of a sudden, I remember the tweet that I saw about pickup basketball. And it was a young lady probably trying to be funny, trying to say that men are weird. And there are some times that men can be weird. I would not deny that statement. However, in this case, this young lady said, have you ever thought about how weird it is 
that men will go to a basketball court, bring a basketball, go by themselves, bring their shoes, play pickup basketball for hours and not know who they're playing with. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's a beauty in the game of pickup basketball. You may say, Jay, why is there a beauty in a sport that's literally a pickup game? You go there. You don't know anybody. Hear me out. So in the game of pickup basketball, you have the basketball. Basketball is is on center stage. But you can go to a court by yourself with a ball or no ball, bring your shoes, and go there just to play basketball. You see another guy there, see another guy there, another guy there. You got four guys there. Y'all start shooting around. Y'all start having some fun. Y'all start enjoying each other's company and realizing, hey, he can hoop a little bit. He can hoop a little bit. I can hoop a little bit. Let's make a team. Some more guys come. So your four turns into six, six more people that come in. You got 10 people. You got a court. Play five on five. Let's run. Y'all don't know each other. The first four, it's all individuals. Y'all don't know each other. The next six, it's two, two, and two. So they two, two, some of the pairs know each other, but people really don't know each other. And the reason why I love pickup basketball is because you can show up to a court, know how to play the game of basketball. You don't know how you don't have to be the best player. You don't have to be the one with the most skill. You literally just show up. Okay. First one to hit a free throw is. First captain, second one to hit a free throw is second captain. And all of a sudden, you captain one's on the left, captain two is on the right. And you got five, your five. I pick my five, you pick your five in a draft style of picking your team. The next thing you know, first to 11, win by two is almost an understood thing. You don't have to describe that part. That's almost understood. And you just go out there and you play basketball. First couple times down the court, you start to fill things out, figure out who can dribble, who can play a little bit of defense, who can shoot, who can break somebody down off the dribble, who can finish in the paint, who is a good outlet man. All of these things you can figure out within the first two, the first few times up and down the court. And then this is where the fun happens. Now, remember, you don't know most of the other players on your team. All you're doing is playing a game that you love. And in pickup basketball, and you don't know your teammates most of the time, and you get out there, you're just enjoying some fun playing a game, you don't need to know and discuss a lot of things prior to playing the game. All you need to know is some general things about basketball, and you will quickly figure out who the shooter is, who the defender is, who the point guard is, who the wingman is, who your big man is. You'll figure all those things out. After the first few times up and down the court, and then you just hoop. That's it. Have I been somebody that has gone to a court, not known anybody, or just known a couple people and played some basketball? Absolutely. Is it always fun? Absolutely. Do we always win? No. Do I leave upset? Maybe a little bit because we didn't win and losing is not fun. But at the end of the day, it's a beauty in the game of pickup basketball. Go anywhere else. In football, you can't just, a lot of times, you can't just go there and play a game of pickup football with random people. There are discussions that have to be made. What kind of, where are we going to line up? Am I going to be more of a deep safety? Am I going to be, are we playing man to man? Are we not playing any safety at all uh, on defense, on offense? Um, who's going to snap the ball? Is it two hand touch? Is it 
five Mississippi, ten Mississippi. I mean, all these are all those things you have to discuss. But also on offense, sometimes you've got to disguise, disguise and figure out, well, what routes are we going to run and what are we going to do? Are we going to overload one side and pick up basketball? You're figuring that stuff out on the run as you go. And a lot of times you don't discuss that stuff. It just happens. Pick up basketball, man. Oh, my gosh. You could tell how much I love this game. You could tell how much it means to me just to think about how awesome pickup basketball is. And it's one of those things. First to 11, win by two, my five, your five. If you win, you stay. If your team loses, the next team comes on. It's only three. Two people from the losing team can come back on and play with the next team that's coming on to take the loser spot. Oh, yeah. Those five that just lost, you better hope you showed up and showed out because if you did not, you will be on the outside of this game looking in. Pick up basketball. It's so beautiful, man. Basketball is a fun game to play. And the thought that you can know nobody on the court. All you know is ball. And you can go out there, play a game, and win, have success, have fun without knowing anybody you're playing with before stepping on the court. It might sound crazy to some. But the basketball fans and those that play pickup basketball, man, it's a great way to have some fun, to spend some time, and get a good sweat in as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to this fun episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens 7 You can also send all of your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. This has been episode 252 of the Jay Stevens Podcast. I will see you next time.